What I pray for is humility, to know that there is something greater than I. Then I have to know that the brute, the bigot, and the batterer are all children of God, whether they know it or not. And I'm supposed to treat them accordingly. I'd like everybody to think of a statement by Terence. The statement is, I am a human being. Nothing human can be alien to me. Nothing human can be alien to me. Hey, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening to Say It With Your Breast. I appreciate you. I thank you. This is going so much better than I could have planned. Just in the positive feedback and the interest of so many people. So I appreciate you and I thank you and I cannot wait to interview you. Um, And if you know of anybody that might be interested in being on, please let them know they can contact me at any time and keep following at Say It With Your Breast. And don't forget to check out the website www.sayitwithyourbreast.com where you can find out more about each guest on the show, find out what they're reading and check out some pages on the website to give you some background on me and things that I'm interested in, like healthy eating slash not always healthy eating and black history and environmental things that I'm reading about. So definitely check that out. So in today's episode, I am talking to DJ Legatron Prime. As you know, there are not many female DJs in our local area. And when I say local area, I mean our state. (laughs) So... Kudos to her for having the bravery to go out there, do her thing, and stylishly do her thing. Because if you check out her website, which is legatronprime.com, not only is she DJing and giving you music playlists on SoundCloud, she's also giving you lookbooks on her fabulous style. But yeah, to give you a little background on Sage, she is a New Orleans native. Before she was DJ Legatron Prime, she was born Sage Edgerson. She was a sophomore at Southern University when she saw some turntables and decided to give it a try, practice, honed her skills, developed herself, and now as you can see, she is booked, okay? (laughs) Booked. And you may have seen her just this past Saturday, September 23rd, for the Sister to Sister Women's Empowerment event that happened in New Orleans, Louisiana at Eiffel. And she was the DJ bringing all the sounds for the event. So when she first started DJing, she actually went by OG Legs, and um, that's super cute. I really like it. She went by OG Legs, but she is a fan of the Transformers series, so she decided to change her DJ name to Legatron and then add it on the Prime. In addition to being a DJ, Sage is also a full-time mom, and she works, okay? In a recent interview with Dig Baton Rouge, written by Josh Jackson, Sage shares this. This growth, it's a good feeling. I came from little 200 Newmark controllers to like pioneer forward channel equipment and all the things I can do now. I appreciate myself for taking the leap because it's paying off. She adds, I'm tired of working for other people. I'm tired of time constraining what I can and can't do. I'm ready to go full time, but the opportunities need to be there. Her playlist stray away from the expected trap club and EDM sounds that one might imagine from every single DJ you've pretty much heard when you go out today. But instead, she likes to pick a few tracks from Anderson Pog and Gold Link 
and I've listened to some of her amazing playlists on SoundCloud and you literally can just press play and just let them ride out. One of the things she also adds, as a woman, we're almost always counted out. I know what I can do and I continue to focus on myself. Other people are noticing that too. That mutual respect will come as I keep on my path. So shout out to Sage. Let's get into this. When did you start DJing? Like how long have you been doing this and what influenced you to do this? Um, well, I've been DJing since about 2013. I started taking it serious around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've touched the pair of turntables and it was like all she wrote. It was like an epiphany. Wow. And I've always loved you know, growing up in New Orleans, we're, we're infused with sound and music and rhythm. So right. I've always been, like, deeply into music. But growing up, I never really knew what I can do in the industry because I'm like, I can't sing, I can't sound, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I want to actually, you know, do something in music, but I don't know what. Yeah. And then it kind of just clicked. Once I tried turntables for the first time, it kind of just clicked like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's sad wow. that it took me 10 plus years, but I mean, I arrived at that notion that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It makes sense. So who introduced the turntable to you? Like, were you just at a party one day and you're like, hey. I was hanging, I was hanging out with a bunch of my friends and we were in, um, in our two friends' apartment on campus and... One of them had turntables, and I was dating him at the time, so I would always look at him like, you know, you know, I'm just looking at him like I'm curious about him. Mm-hmm. So just one day we were all just kicking it, and I was like, hey, you know, do you mind or whatever? So he, you know, showed me kind of the basics and stuff like that, and just left me alone. <laughs> like went in the other room, and I'm just like in his room, like playing on the turntable. So like it's. He didn't introduce me to them, but mm-hmm. I felt like it was by fate that they were introduced. Yeah. Like, they were just there, and I kind of just took the opportunity. Go ahead. That's pretty brave. As a female DJ, do you find it to be harder? To Do you have to prove yourself, or do you have to... I don't know. Or is it, or is it, it, is it better as no, a f- female? It's, it's really not, because... In the music industry, you know, it's dominated by men. Yeah. So, men have never seen a female DJ. Men have never really seen a lot of females who have what they call good taste in music. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, when when I started, you know, of course no one was really taking me serious. Then I just started dropping mixes and stuff like that. And even years later, I still, each event that I've, that, I'm at, like, I feel like I still have to prove myself because mm-hmm. men will still walk up to me and look at me like, what are you doing now? Ask me, oh, so you're the DJ? Like in surprise. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a DJ. I'm standing behind here, behind the behind the turntable. <laughs> I'm a DJ. You, you know? see these headphones. Like, I just holding it down looking cute. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's a, you have to prove yourself pretty much every step of the way. And I find that I have to be extra careful with how I handle business, you know, how I come across and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. because any any little thing that I do, I feel like 
will be scrutinized even more because I'm a female. Yeah. And that they have so, so that, many opinions. It's uphill battle. But once you get them, you got them. Right. That's what I'm learning too. That's pretty, um, I mean, I don't know too many female DJs. And when I saw you, I was like, and the fact that you were young doing it because you know there's like dj soul sister and i I don't know like i'm kind of running out of names but like Mm -hmm. you know i was like wow i need to talk to her like i'm curious what what it looks like for her and like how people respond to her as a dj but i can imagine that once you start playing the music and your set is like amazing it doesn't even people are over it yeah it doesn't you know? Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. It really doesn't matter. Like once I once I start, you know, playing and when I get into the groove of things and you know who I am, the gender that I am, you know, it doesn't really matter. And right. People start to actually fall in love with my talent and my music selection and right. my transitions and stuff like that. They start to fall in love with with me as just being a DJ, not just being a female DJ, but being a DJ. Right. So you said something interesting. I I had a question about that. So there are some people I know who either just don't know that DJing is a craft, you know, that it is a skill. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, you know, they assume that you're just behind the computer press and play, basically, you know, or like on some kind of program, just press and play. Mm -hmm. What do you say to those people? Like, how do you explain it as a craft because I know it is one but how do you explain that to people yes it's it's a craft in a way that you have to have a certain ear for music I um I feel like I process music completely different from regular people like I hear the little bitty thing Mm -hmm. that make the make the song what it is and and I can hear you know transitions I can hear what song comes next and as a as a craft, having a good ear is important. Also, being technical. Now, I'm not the most technical DJ because I am self-taught. Like no one taught me to do anything that I do. I learned it all on my own. Wow. But you know, when you get into like the scratching and the cutting and stuff like that, that's where the real like it's a certain kind of artistry that DJ DJing is. You know, mm-hmm. is more, and we we're in the position where we want to play songs for the crowd, but you know, we want to also create magic at the same time. We right. want to really get into our craft. Right. It's not just a press play type thing, and I know some people some people do that, and some people get booked off of that mm-hmm. for various reasons. But it's not just DJing isn't just a press play thing, and sometimes people think that DJing is and you know they it, it looks cool and stuff like that but you know it is cool and it gets easy but it's not easy at first right it's not like you know oh yeah saying? my friend is just gonna come over and play off of spotify <laughs> like, yeah like pretty much like play off his itunes or spotify or whatever stopping a song at the wrong spot and <laughs> putting another song on like people actually do that and get booked for it that's but insane it's, more, it's so much more than just Right. So do DJs, like, I know New Orleans has such rich 
I mean, I'm not from New Orleans, and we were listening to New Orleans Bounce when I was, like, eight years old. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what was hot. Like, it was that. And then you got, you know, Baton Rouge Jig, and, you know, you got Lafayette, and you got, you know, you got these different sounds here in Louisiana. Do you ever find that DJs in other cities aren't open to you, or or is that... Is it kind of a mutual respect between DJs? Just knowing your craft, I think, you know? I, one thing, and most DJs, like, we, we're all very critical of one another. We don't seem like it, but if I'm at someone's set and I'm, I'm like, I'm probably, I'm probably there just, you know, listening to what you're playing. Like, I'm, I want to know what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm kind of critiquing you. And I know other DJs also you know, do that. So when I do go to other cities, it's that critiquing moment and then afterwards, you know, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting like praise and people come, other DJs are coming up to me. Oh yeah, you did your thing, blah, blah. You know, I've met a lot of DJs who, who, you know, were, who just genuinely, genuinely liked what I was doing. Right. And they, they see, they see what I'm doing and they, you know, see me as, you know, one of their colleagues. I'm not just a pretty girl on turntables. Right. You know, pressing buttons. Like, I actually <laughs> and know looking what I'm cute. Doing. And people, other DJs, once they realize that, like, it's kind of like cool. Like, you good in my book. It's right. you know, kind of respect union type thing. Right. Is it difficult to prepare your set? Like, how do you prepare your set? Um, I am a crazy woman. I don't prepare for any, I don't prepare for anything that I'm about to do. I just drive, pack my stuff up in my corner, drive to where I gotta go, set up, and then I'm just there like, what song should I start at? It just comes to you. It, yeah, it just, it just comes. And sometimes, sometimes I do make a set list of songs that I would want to touch on. Mm-hmm. But often, oftentimes, I don't know. Like, it's up in the wow. air. I don't know what I'm about to do. <laughs> she's like i don't know it's gonna be dope though but you know i got this so yeah i don't really prepare per se mm-hmm. i just go in and and just do it that takes pretty that takes a lot of skill and confidence that's what i kind of i kind of started off just going with the flow like i'm very um when it comes to that aspect of me like i'm very just go with the flow like Whatever happens, happens, you know. And I'm always, I'm always confident in myself that I can find my way out if I get stuck. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, just keep rolling. Well, I'm pretty impressed by that because I know I couldn't do it. I can barely remember, like even when it comes to things that I love, I can barely remember to remember entire playlists and songs and. Is there a certain era of songs that you you prefer, like just for your own personal listening? Time. Um, not own personal, just what I love is really 90s hip-hop. Uh-huh. I love, I love Tribe. I love, you know, The Far Side and Souls of Mischief, Gangstar, Ice Cube, N.W.A., Tupac. <laughs> like all, all of these people, like Rakim. My child is named after the guy MC Rakim. Wow. It's just, that, that's what I love. And right. I love that since I was a little girl. And it was so weird to everybody that I really did like 90s hip-hop like, <laughs> a lot. 
Right. And how old are you? you? Listen to, <laughs> don't listen to that. No, I don't. Right. No. So, does your daughter also listen to music? Like, does she have the same? Like, is she drawn to music the way you were? Yeah, she she is. She is. She. I was DJing up until I was about maybe eight months pregnant. Uh huh. And I wasn't DJing as much as I am now, but I was still. If she wanted to be a DJ, what like would you encourage that or would you be like, nah, sure. kid? <laughs> yeah, I would. I would tell her to go for it. You know, anything that she really wants to be, I'm here for. I would love for her to be a DJ so I can pass all of my stuff down her. But yeah. if she doesn't, you know, I'm not going to be upset about it. Yeah, or anything like that. Whatever she wants to do, but I really would love for her to be a DJ. But she has. So much potential to be whatever. So whatever she decides, I'm here for her. But number one, DJ. Yeah. So you're like her shero right now, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you can do anything. You can be anything. Right. Like go, little sister. Go. Do your thing. Yeah. Did you have that person? You know, when you were growing up, did you have that person in the, in your corner? And if you did, who who was that person? Who were those people for you? Um. My friends, really yeah. and truly, from day one, they encouraged, they encouraged me to kind of move forward with it after that, that night. All of my friends, they've been behind me since that, you know, since that moment. And mm-hmm. the reason why I started to get as many gigs as I was getting is because of my friends. You know, mm-hmm. friends put you on. Yeah. So, my friends, one of my friends had a poetry um, showcase and the group he was doing a poetry showcase I got close with them and they had something else that they were doing that I was the official DJ for and my friends just really backed me up 130,000 per share like they 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 did their thing shout out to the crew like they they held the girl down and helped me out they still they still help me out I get music from them all the time. Yeah. Still. And do they have a good ear? Like, are they sending you trash? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, all of my, my whole collective of friends, we do everything in the creative field. this is like your regular thing but I saw that you had posted about this I think it's the sound clash 
Well, the soundtrack is a brand that is geared towards artists and, you know, other music professionals to network, collaborate, and showcase themselves. And the event that I'm mostly on for the soundtrack is group therapy. And that's, I'm there every second Wednesday of the month, except for this coming second Wednesday because I have something else to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm there every second Wednesday. Um, so that's what I do along with the Sound Clash. And I DJ the Sound Clash Baton Rouge where we have an artist and producer showcase. And that's hey. generally how the Sound Clash started off. They started off doing beat battles and open mic showcases, artist showcases and things like that just so we can build up the New Orleans scene and the culture and give other artists a platform. Right. I'm going to have to come check that out. Yeah. Come get on the mic or something. Sing a couple notes. <laughs> yeah, the sound, the sound class in New Orleans is, I want to say, every third Thursday. And it's at the Dragon's Den upstairs. Okay. So, yeah, the one in Baton Rouge, um, not Baton Rouge, the one in New Orleans, like, that's the one that I used to go to before I started, like, DJing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I used to go all the time. Okay, well, I'm going to have to make it to one. Because yeah. it looks like good vibes. Definitely. It's real dope. Um, Jet Life EF Cutting is always on the turntables at um, Bears. And he's like an OG to me. I look up to him. I love him. So I have a, a little fill in the blank for you. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I wish I knew blank when I was blank. It could be anything. Take your time. I wish. I, I think I got it. I wish I knew that I could be superwoman when I was younger. Explain. Well, my basis of superwoman is I can do anything, I can be anything. Uh And growing up, you know, it wasn't instilled in me. Well, I can't say it wasn't instilled in me because I kind of got it from my mama, but it wasn't it wasn't a thing that I, you know, could be something that I wanted to be. I had to be what other people wanted me to be. And if I wanted to be everything, that was a problem. Mm-hmm. And I never really had that push as much as I needed to kind of mm-hmm. do my own thing and be my own person. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, Superwoman to me is I can be anything, I can do anything that I want to do. You know, I'm I'm the boss. I'm <laughs> the only one in control. And uh-huh. I didn't really have that growing up. I was almost kind of put, not kind of put in a box, but they were trying to kind of put me in a box. Mm. You know, like I have to, I have to do this and I have to be. I have to go to this thing and I have to do this and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do what other people wanted me to do. I wanted to make my own decisions and growing up, you know, my mom always say, well, you ain't got no wants. I'm like, well, (laughs) what if I I do instead of going to dance school Uh when you don't have no wants? I'm like, what? But I don't want to do this. I'm not happy. Right. Like, I don't, I might not know what I want to do, but I know I don't want to do this. Do this. Yeah, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. 
But it's funny that we do know those things pretty young. Yeah, and yeah, I always, I always had a thing where I knew, I knew I was different, and I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I kind of knew what I didn't want to do, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I was always instinctive of what kind of, you know, person I am. Even as a child, I knew what kind of child I was, and the things that I kind of wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it came back around, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it came back around anyway. Like, yeah. Doing what I want to do. Still, it, it, it was a fight up until recently that, you know, people wanted me to do all of these things that I didn't want to. Like, I was focused on, I'm going to do this with my life. I'm going to be this. These are the steps that I'm going to take. You might not like them, but I'm right. still going to do it. Right. I had to kind of, like, boss up on people real quick. Like, <laughs> you know, this is how, this is not about to happen. This is what's about to happen. And right. I'm going to do what you want to do. Right. And I'm going to be happy. And you're going to be happy. And right. that's what it is. And everybody's going to be happy. And everybody's going to mind business. Yes. And it's amazing, too, that when you do decide, I feel like, for, for one thing, I think who you are kind of chases you. So it's, Mm-hmm. You, it, it won't leave you alone until you answer it, you know? And I think once yep. you do answer it and everyone else sees, like, oh, wow. You kind of knowingly and sometimes unknowingly inspire other people to do the same thing. You know, like to answer that mm-hmm. little voice inside that they know has been there since they were a child. But maybe just never had the permission to to answer it, you know? Yeah, and people are really fearful for to go after what they want. Mm-hmm. And people are really fearful of that they're either afraid that it won't work out, that they'll fail, that they're not going to be good enough, or they're worried about outside opinions and things like that. But when you're doing what you want to do and you're going for your dreams, like, ain't nothing wrong with that. Right. No matter what anybody can say about it, there's still nothing wrong with it. And, I mean, you never know. If you don't take that chance, you'll never know. You'll never know. So, before I let Sage go, I had to ask her the question that everybody should ask a DJ before they do this. And you probably know where I'm going. But I had to ask her what she does when somebody just throws their phone in her face and says, play this song. Mmm, because it sounds rude. But I'm just saying, that's just me. What do you do to people when they throw their phone in your face? Because they want you to play this particular song. Do you as the DJ give them that look? Like, get your song out of my... Get your, get your phone out of my face. Like, does that happen to you as a DJ? Like, do they... do? How do you deal with people giving you requests? And requests that are dumb. <laughs> it, requests are like the bane of my existence sometimes. <laughs> because... People, people love to say, like, come with me, oh, I think you should play this song. It'll really get people dancing. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to play it. So if I have it, I'll play it. And if it don't get nobody dancing, I'm just, I'm just stuck out here looking stupid. <laughs> and when people, when people request stuff, um, it all, it really all depends on, A, how you approach me and... B, what song is it? Mm-hmm. If it's something that I know for a fact I don't have or it doesn't go with the vibe of, you 
know what's going like things that are what's going on, then I'm not I'm not gonna play it. Yeah. Because as my job as a DJ, I can't just please you. I have to please the crowd. And you can't please everybody. True. That's the main Thank thing. God for that. Everybody. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because so some I'm people. Right. <laughs> you need some security. Yeah, like some security. Like, no, she's not taking requests or anything like that. Like, right. Security. And then it distracts, it distracts me from what I'm doing because it's not just people think it's just, oh, it's a button push. Right. Change the song, everything's okay. No, there's a transition. And what if I want to scratch into this song? But you're talking to me and telling me about some songs that I probably don't have. <laughs> You're not letting me do my job. Right. That's like me, you going on somebody else's job in the middle of whatever it is they're doing, and you just start giving them your suggestions. Like, wait, hold up. Yes, like, if you, if you think that you can do my job, I always mean, I'll do it. Right. Follow me. But, like, Good luck. I'm doing my job, and I just paid to do this, so let me make my money. Right. You know what I'm Thank you. The end. I get it. Last question for you. I was curious. I noticed on your, I think it's on your Instagram, but you have this reference to the sunflower, or maybe it's on your Twitter, this reference to the sunflower. What is that about? Like, what does that mean Um, for you? Sunflowers to me, well, back back when I was in undergrad, I had a friend, and she would always call me sunflower because when my hair wasn't as big as it is now. Like, it kind of looked like a little clown, like a sunflower. Because oh. my hair's always kind of been, like, light and brown, blonde and, you know, bright. Uh-huh. So she started, you know, just calling me sunflower and stuff. And I started to go through some things and, you know, some, some changes in my life where being a sunflower really meant for me to stand tall. Mm-hmm. Be proud of who I am. Radiate who I am, you know. Be, be inviting and feel the warmness that are, that when you look at a sunflower, that's what you feel. Right. So it starts to represent me just being me, being tall and bold and, you know, a, a bubble of sunshine if I want right. to, you know. So when I reference a sunflower, it's always, it's always, a, it always has a significance of positivity and mm-hmm. light and radiant and, you know, positive things that you you would want to think about yourself and when you're, when you're growing and going through changes, how you want to come out, out of all of those changes. You want to be tall and strong. So that's Aww. what the about is. That's cute. I really like that. Are there any, like, um, events or anything else that you would want to promote? Cause it's, just, it's just like me, so I can kind of just do my own 
thing and kind of play around and explore music and stuff. So, uh-huh. yeah, I really have fun. Fun when I do um, Fire Side. Okay, but, Second um, Saturday, Dragon's Den. Got it. Um, let And every other Sunday, I do brunch at 14 Parishes. I believe our next one isn't this Sunday coming, which is the 10th, but yeah, I want to say it's the 18th. You're busy. <laughs> and that's every other um, Saturday from 11 to 4 at 14 Parishes, on Clio Street. can't remember what the numbers are, but it's on Clio and it's great food. You can pay online or at the door. Okay. Um, and I have my website is launching, legatonfarm.com. That's where you can find um, a lot of little well, congratulations. You're clearly like extremely talented and super busy and super booked. Thank you. Yeah, I'm kind of booked. I drive more than anything. I'm so used to driving. But yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting to a place where I'm starting to get like my regular things in and now that I have a bi-weekly and a monthly I'm trying to get a weekly so I can you know just keep spreading yeah the lifetime vibe yes nice well congratulations well that's it for today's episode thank you so much to Sage aka DJ Legatron Prime for taking the time out to be on today's episode thank you so much and thanks to everybody who's listening I appreciate you please continue to follow um, at say it with your breasts on Instagram or at S-I-W-Y-B podcast on Twitter and continue to check out the website www.sayitwithyourbreasts.com um, where I feature different um, where I feature where you can learn a little bit more about everyone that's on the show and a little bit more about what the show is even about. So thanks. Subscribe. Share this with your friends and your family and tune in next time. Thanks. Bye.